and welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and I would like to welcome you back, or if this is your first listen, welcome. Today, I'll be continuing on with the Get Unstuck series, talking about all the mindset shifts I needed to make to bring my big dreams into my reality, and I'll be sharing three that I find really important. One thing I know for sure is that your belief in yourself is where you need to start if you feel stuck in your life and can't seem to move forward no matter what you try. So let's get into it with the first mindset shift. Welcome to the Soul Aligned Self-Care Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Stinson, and we will be talking all about deep level self-care practices to help you have success in both your personal and professional life by reducing stress and anxiety and overwhelm, improving your mindset and creating a strong, loving connection with yourself. I'll see you on the inside. Hello and welcome back. I'm so excited to be talking about all the mindset shifts today because it's the one practice I do myself that makes the most impactful change in my life besides what I eat. (laughs) Um, That's a whole nother podcast, which I will be getting to soon. So let's get started with the first mindset shift that I use to make big dreams come true. Number one, being reasonable versus dreaming big. So when we're little kids, our parents read us these beautiful stories about, you know, amazing things. We were encouraged to dream big and use our imagination all the time. The bigger, the better, the more creative, the better. Do you remember that? I don't know. I remember that. Um, As a matter of fact, I remember doing this all the time. And, you know, it was complete bliss. I just remember having so much fun when I was a kid. I had a whole dream world going on and this world, I had complete control over how everything played out. Isn't it amazing how far we've strayed from that? Like I think about that all the time. Well, believe it or not, this is really how our world works. At least that's what I believe. We get what we want to have, or we get what we have the courage to ask for. And if you ask for small, you'll get small. Then as we get older, we are told to color in the lines, follow the rules, be quiet, respect authority, be reasonable, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that sounds like no fun to me. So which is it? It's a bit confusing. Um, You know, there is quite a transition period. I'm going to admit that, you know, from when we're kids to as we grow up and it's like we're slowly... (laughs) indoctrined into this new mindset that's absolutely terrible, I think. Um, and I think being reasonable never got any anyone anywhere great, okay? I would argue that anyone who has any amazing experiences in their life have had some kind of big, unreasonable dreams. Uh, I think that I, you know, I don't have proof of that, but I think it's 100% true. Is it reasonable for a person to think they're going to be a big movie star or a successful athlete or a pop star? Yet it does happen, right? People do get there. So what is the difference between the person that gets there or does not get there? So now I have to note, most people, big dreams don't involve being a big, huge star. I'm just using this as an extreme example to make a point, okay? So um, I know that's not what everybody wants. And I believe that the first thing that has to happen 
is they have to allow themselves to have belief in bigger dreams, okay? Which kind of goes against what we're taught as we get older. We're taught to like really color inside of the lines. This has been like the norm for a lot of people, the societal norm, I should say. And I'm glad to say that there's a lot of people that don't follow us, but like we're taught like go to school, get good grades, you know, work really, really hard so that you can get into a good college because you're going to need that college degree. And that's upped its way. Like it's up, it went up and up and up, but like, you know, it was like the bachelor's degree. Now it's like the master's degrees, like these minimums keep getting higher and, and harder and more difficult and putting people more into debt, you know, okay, I, that's a whole, I'm, I'm getting off topic, but anyway, get married, have kids, work hard for like 80% of your life. And then maybe only then you can retire. Maybe that's not really a reality for most people nowadays. And then have some fun. Like what the actual fuck is that? Like when, when you hear me say that out loud, I'm not sure this might sound really, really good for some people. And this might have really worked really well for some people. I know it worked really well for my parents. Okay. But it's a, it's a different time now and it doesn't always work that well anymore. And a lot of these things aren't very reasonable or true anymore. And I think a lot of people are coming to the realization that working for somebody else for 80% of your life, unless you actually enjoy it, And I might add that even though my father worked really hard and created this wonderful life for him and my mother, he absolutely did not like his job. Okay. And it really took a toll on his health. And, um, while he is, uh, still alive, he is 82 and he is pretty active. He's, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it still took such a a hard toll on his health and it was a really good example for me. And then that example I have, which I'll talk about a little bit later of me having a stroke when I was 39 because of stress and overwork and all that kind of stuff and not resting and not taking care of myself. Right. So this kind of like color in the lines, uh, rule book that is set kind of by society sounds nuts when you say it out loud. I mean, whose crappy plan was this? Okay. Dreaming bigs how, is how like all amazing things start. It starts with a thought and a feeling. And then, you know, if you're really going to go for it, you kind of have to tune everyone out. Everyone being maybe friends, family, society, everyone who tells you now be reasonable, you know, you have to kind of like tune that out. And you might be lucky. You might be one of those people who have people around you saying, go for it, do it, do it. You know, like, and if you have those people around you, hold on to them as tightly as you possibly can, because you're one lucky person. Um, you have to believe in yourself. You have to want it. You have to know that it will happen at some point, which leads you to not ever give up to persevere because you know, it's going to happen. I mean, if you know, it's going to happen, then why would you ever give up? And the journey you take on the way to the dream is the most fun. It's not always about the end point. It's about the journey on the way there. And a lot of people figure that out when they reach their goals and their dreams. And they're like, huh, it's kind of like not, it's like anticlimactic, you know, but then you think about the journey when you got there, the struggles, the, the lessons, the people you met along the way. And that's the part that brings you the most joy. So when you, when you're taking these have these big dreams and you're taking these big leaps, 
You're learning things daily. You're making mistakes daily. You're making adjustments daily, but you're not giving up, right? You're moving forward. You're connecting with new people daily. You move forward daily. And even if it's tiny little steps, it's a step in a new direction. So my question to you is, why the heck would you ever not dream big? I mean, think about it. What have you really got to lose? You really have nothing to lose. I feel like there's just no other option. So why would you limit yourself? Why would you be reasonable and boring about the experiences in your life unless you want them to be reasonable and boring? Which maybe some people do. No judgment here. I mean, if that's what you want, go for it. Whatever it is you want, I want you to go for it. That's my whole point. My brain just doesn't have the capacity for boring and reasonable and small. And even if I never reached one of my goals, I'd rather go for it than not and have the experiences that I have along the way, even if I never achieve those goals, but I know I will. Because as you work towards those big, unreasonable dreams and goals, you'll have the most interesting, fun experiences, and that's what matters most. Sure, when you do this, you sometimes fail big. I mean, like big. I can't tell you how many times I've failed. But you will learn big lessons that in turn, like move you forward with huge leaps towards that amazing big dream. It helps you transform yourself and grow as a person. So that sounds like more fun to me. How about you? So that was mindset shift number one. Okay. So being reasonable versus being dreaming big. Now, number two are Uh, what are the standards that you use as your set point guide? Like, what are the standards that you hold yourself to? So when you're doing something in your life, whether it be your work, uh, the way you eat, work out, your relationships, the way you handle your relationships, how much of yourself you put into those relationships, the way you have fun, the way you play, what do you use as a standard guide to what you do and how you do it? Like everybody has like this set limit of like, how hard do I have to work to make a living? What, how much do I put into a relationship to get what I want? Everybody has these different standards. For example, do you feel you have to put in a certain amount of time to earn a certain amount of money? Or do you believe that if you solve a problem or finish a job, then you should just get paid? It shouldn't be how long it took you to do that. A lot of people believe, and a lot of corporations that hire people believe you should trade time for money, but I think that just creates the opportunity for less than desirable outcomes and unhappy people. Think about if someone gave you a job and you were able to work really hard and finish it in two days instead of a week, and then the rest of that week you had off, but you created that desirable outcome for whoever you were doing that work for, and you got paid that desirable income that you wanted, but you were able to do it in two days instead of five. Everybody's happy, right? That's the way I look at it, at least. I think we should focus on doing the best possible work we can, putting our best selves into the world in the least amount of time, like being intentional with the way you do things, being intentional with the way you spend your time, who you share that time with. How about working out? So do you ever limit yourself because you might think, or society? society might like lead you to believe that you're this old and you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. That's not typical behavior. I hear this all the time about my running. Do you know how many times that I've heard comments like, 
enjoy it while you can because you're going to ruin your knees. That's the one I hear the most and I can't freaking stand it. So if you ever feel like you need to say that to someone, just don't. Or another one is, oh, you better enjoy that because you won't be able to do it for that long at your age. Um, or my personal favorite was, this was a very personal one. Why are you even trying? It's not like you're going to win a medal at your age. That was from an orthopedic surgeon in Syracuse, New York. And I wish I could remember his name because I would say it over and over again because he was a big fat jerk. Okay. And he wasn't actually fat. He was just a big, huge jerk. Okay. I don't, I shouldn't use the word fat. He was a huge jerk. (laughs) All of this advice, this advice that people offer, up for free to me and to you and to everyone is from people who possibly have no experience, no training, and know nothing about you or me. So why would you take it into consideration? You know, if someone wanted to give me business advice and they had like a storefront business and they were telling me to do this and this and this with my advertising, I would maybe thank them and listen. You know, you never know, I might learn something. But at the same time, I would be thinking, I don't have that type of a business. And they never, you know, worked or owned or they don't know anything about an online business. So why would I take advice from them? Why would I let what they say affect me in a strong way, right? But we hear these things, they go into our brains, we process them, and they affect our belief systems. Especially if you don't have your, your, a strong belief system in yourself and your capabilities, these things can affect you even more. We have to constantly reevaluate the information that's coming into our head and fix that shit immediately. There's so much negative shit going in there. It's a full-time job as far as that's how I look at it. We all do this. We set these standards for our lives from what we see, experience, and what we are told and by what the norm is for society. And and that's just so small. That's so small. Yet these standards are not accurate. They really should have no effect on your outcome. Like I'm getting so excited about this, I can't even talk. But you shouldn't let somebody else's experiences limit what yours are, okay? Things change over time. And sometimes we outperform the norms. You know, just like you know, uh, I think it was the, the mile when athletes were running the mile. I can't remember what, what it was before it became four minutes, right? It was like six minutes or whatever. And then someone, someone broke it and I can't remember names. You know, I'm really bad at this, like remembering names of these athletes, but then it was like the four minute mile. And I think, I, I believe someone just broke that again. I'm not really sure. And then as soon as someone breaks it and we see it's possible, it changes our belief system and we know that we could do it. And then everybody does it, right? Well, not everybody, but a lot of other people begin to do it. So I, you can decide that you're going to tune this all out and just do what you want. Dream bigger, go for those dreams and keep the earplugs in and the blinders on. But this is really hard to do. You have to really do like some intense mindset work with yourself to do this. And every time something tells you you can't, you need to like reevaluate, prove it wrong and keep doing that over and over again. We have to learn to not compare ourselves to other people. We are all so different. We have different circumstances, different challenges, different talents. We're just so different. And when we let other people's experiences affect us on this deep level, we're really shortchanging ourselves big time. You see, I believe that if you have a dream, a big dream, any dream, 
Like it could be so big that you're afraid to tell people because they're going to say that you're crazy. They're going to laugh at you, right? Well, I believe that once that dream is in your head, it exists. You've brought it into existence already. This is how it works. And all you have to do is connect the dots and connect your energy to that energy. And if you think about it, visualize it, it's there. You just got to go find it. You got to connect with it. Right? So that you just have to keep thinking about it, visualizing it, and taking action to bring yourself closer to that. So nothing is too big. You're not too old. You're not too young. You don't need more education or more experience or more of this or that. What you do need is belief in yourself and the trust that you can get there and the perseverance to not give up, the faith to believe that's going to happen. These may be simple things, but they're not always easy. It, I think it takes practice and it, it's taken me some time. I mean, it took me 50 freaking years to get here, but still working on it. Like, I think it's something that you never stop working on. So like, you'll, you know, you might be working for something today and achieve it that you couldn't even have imagined your, yourself 10 years ago. But then that next thing that you're working on, you have these blocks, like as you move forward, there's always these things that are telling you that you can't and you have to work past that in order to get there. And I love it when I see someone figure this shit out at the age of 20 or something like that. That's amazing. And I get a little bit jealous. I'm not going to lie, but I love this for them because they get to spend their whole life doing this. So when you're setting up your goals and you're thinking about your dreams, pay attention. What standards are you using as a guide? How much are you limiting yourself because you don't want to fail big or because you just don't think it's possible because you don't know anybody else who's done this? It's not socially acceptable or whatever it is. Ask yourself, how can I expand on this and make it more amazing, bigger? Do a journal exercise, write, write down your goal, and then purposely make yourself expand on it and make it bigger and just keep doing that. And the more you practice that, putting it on paper, the more you're like kind of training yourself to think differently, to think bigger, because why not, right? Why not? Big leaps create big successes, big lessons, and an amazing life experience. So if you would like a better or like an absolutely amazing experience in life, you want to make it bigger, you know, I would love to hear about your big goals and dreams and how you expanded them, especially if listening to this podcast convinced you to go bigger. I would love to hear from you. Okay. I'm going to move into the last one. Number three, what do you think your real limitations are? Okay. So everybody thinks they have some limitations. What do you think they are? So as you begin to dream bigger and set big goals, what does the voice say in your head? What do you think might be limiting you or blocking you or stopping you from having everything that you dream of? At the moment, when you're writing down this big dream, what pops into your head? Pay attention because a lot of the time we are so used to this, this inner voice in our head, this negative inner voice, sometimes negative, it's not always negative. We don't even notice it. It's just part of the everyday. So when, when working with people, and even when I'm working on my own dreams as well, we often think, I have a block. There's something that's blocking me and I can't figure it out. What is my block? Why can't I figure it out? Why can't I get there? Well, over time, I learned that the answer to this question is hiding right there in front of you, right in your head. You just have to pay attention. So the next time you're working on something, 
or you're writing out your goals and your desires in the morning or whenever you do that, stop for a moment and listen. What is that voice saying? So some people call this voice the ego. Some have a name for it, you know, negative Nancy, Debbie Downer, party pooper Pete, whatever you want to call it. And I apologize to all the Nancys, Debbies, and Petes out there. Um, This isn't like intentionally going against a certain name. It's just come up with a name so that you could talk to this inner voice, you know, and just tell them to shh, you know, (laughs) whatever helps you start to pay attention to that voice and tame it a bit. Naming it does help sometimes because it separates you from it. Um, so more about that in a second, but then whatever helps though, great, do it. You know, if naming it helps, great, do it. If you just want to call it your ego, great, do it, whatever helps. So as an example, your dream might be, you want to start a new business at the age of 65. You just retired, but you're not done yet. You love working. You feel like you have a lot to give. So you're going to do it. You're going to do some consultations or something like that. You're going to start a little business. So you're excited, you're inspired, you're like ready to go, totally ready to go. And then all of a sudden your, your voice comes in, the Debbie Downer comes into the room and she starts shooting her mouth off. Right. And she's like, come on. She's like, you're too freaking old. You never ran a business before. It's too late to learn all that stuff. You don't have that kind of energy. What are you, what are you going to do to yourself? You're going to get so stressed out. Let's not even talk about how much money it would take you to do this. And then all of a sudden you start to get overwhelmed. That voice, that's the one I'm talking about. We all have that. I think we all do at least, right? So how do we tame it or reprogram it or tell it to like simmer down, right? Let me start with a story about myself and the really cool way that I learned this lesson and how like I overcame it. So A lot of you know that when I was 39 years old, I had a stroke and it was caused by stress. And what happened was the inside lining of the artery in my neck, my vertebral artery tore. And then because it clotted up, because when you get an injury, it bleeds and then the blood clots up to start healing, but it clotted up in that artery and then it blocked the flow off to my brain. So the way that I had to heal and the way the doctors thought it was the safest way for me to heal was to let it heal closed. They said it was too dangerous to fix it, to go in and surgically remove that clot and fix it. So the standard time for an artery to heal, I was told is eight weeks. So they sent me home and for eight weeks I had to sit still, not do anything, you know, not to exert myself, not do anything stressful I had to sleep on my back with my head straight with a brace on. That didn't last very long, but that's what they told me to do. And I had to wait for it to heal. Now, keep in mind that at the time I had three kids. All right. I was a single mom with three kids. Um, The father was fairly uninvolved in their lives for the most part. And um, just thinking about that was stressful. (laughs) Just thinking that I had to go home and try to do this was stressful. So I felt like a ticking time bomb just waiting to die. I just felt like this clot was just going to go into my brain and kill me at any moment. It was terrifying. Um, two of those kids were pretty young. My, my, my oldest daughter was somewhat self-sufficient, but she was still a kid. And my mother was staying with me because I couldn't do anything. Thank God for my mother. But it was extremely stressful watching my mom work her ass off and not being able to help her. It was frustrating. Um, 
And I wasn't supposed to experience the stress. It was impossible. It was just an impossible situation. So after I had the stroke, I was feeling very dizzy. I had a lot of balance issues and I was told this just might be how I was going to be from this point forward. And that was the first thing that was like unacceptable to me. I was a very active person, very independent. And this was like mind blowing to me. I was also told by the neurologists that were treating me that I had to treat myself like a delicate flower, not do anything too active or abrasive in my life. And this was kind of funny too, because I'm just, those of you who know me know that I'm not a delicate flower and it's just not true. It's just not my personality. And I, I, I didn't think I could transform myself into that type of person. I was also told that I probably shouldn't run and maybe walking, maybe a jog, but no doctor wanted to clear me for running. And I was a runner. This is, I, I identified myself as a runner. So this was depressing to say the least. And let me tell you, I wallowed in that shit for a while. I just kept thinking, what's going to happen to me if I just sit on my ass for the rest of my life? I'm going to be so out of shape. I'm going to get fat. I'm going to be unhealthy. Someone's going to have to take care of me. Oh my God, my kids are going to have to take care of me when I get older. It was just horrible. And I didn't want to live that way. And this is the this was like this turning point where I was like, I'd rather not be alive if I have to live this way. I really felt strongly about it. So I decided to try try to find proof that I didn't have to live this way. I started reading every article I could find on my condition. I tried to find a positive story, a positive outcome. And let me tell you something. Oh my God, this was like so depressing, so depressing because there were so many bad stories, so many terrible outcomes, and I was just getting more and more depressed this wasn't working at first, but I kept going because what choice did I have? I didn't really feel, feel like I had a choice. The only choice was to wallow, you know? So then finally, a glimmer of hope showed up. I was in my doctor's office, well, my neurologist's office for my week. I think it was a weekly appointment. And I was reading one of the neurology magazines. There was an article about an NFL football player who had the same thing happen, but it was with the artery in his heart. And I was feeling really bad for this guy because he was so much younger than me. I was like, wow, this is terrible, you know. But then I read that he returned to the NFL to play again. And I was like, what? What did I just read? That was it. That was the moment. I stopped reading the article right at that point. I closed the magazine as quickly as I possibly could. I didn't want to know anything else. All I knew was that he returned to the NFL to play again. And if he could return to the NFL, then I can certainly run down the road again. So against doctor's orders, I began to very slowly, um, remember I had no no balance really, um, I, I slowly began to run again. And I started by walking and I would like look ahead of me and I would pick a point ahead of me and be like, all right, I'm gonna run to that point. And then when I get there, I'm gonna walk and then I'm going to walk to the next point. And I just went from one point to the next. And that's all I thought about. And it took a lot of concentration because I had to concentrate on remaining balanced. Now, this wasn't too hard when I was walking, but when I was running, it was different. I had to really concentrate and it was mentally draining. But that's how I started. I took small steps and I kept moving forward. So I had my stroke in May and I ran my first 5K in December with my oldest daughter and a bunch of other people that joined me in a race that we ran. And since then, I have run over 15 half marathons, one full marathon, six Ragnars, 
which is a 200 mile um, relay race that you do with a team, um, a sprint triathlon, and many other races like 10Ks and 5Ks. Um, I love it. I enjoy it. I do it with my kids. So um, I'm so glad that I didn't give up. I'm just so glad. So now the coolest part of the story is a couple years after my stroke, when I was running around my neighborhood, I felt great. I remember I was feeling so good. The weather was perfect. And I was like, you know what? Instead of running three miles, I'm going to run five. I just feel so good. So all of a sudden, as I turned a corner, I got really, really dizzy. I almost fell on my face. You know how when you're running and you lose your balance and you're trying to catch yourself and you're like just catching yourself on your feet? Um, that's what was happening. And I felt like I was just going to fall on my face. Um, and that's how I felt when I first had my stroke. So I was really scared. I was pretty close to home. So I called a friend. I stayed on the phone with them until I got home. And then I called my neurologist. And of course he told me to go to the emergency room. So I did. So the funny part about the story is that before I called neurologist, I took a bath I, I couldn't decide whether I should take a shower or a bath because I felt like if I was standing up, I might fall over. And then I felt like if I was in the bath, I might drown. So, but I didn't want to go to the emergency room all sweaty, which I think is hilarious, the things that you worry about, but whatever. So I took a bath. So I had to go in for an angio to see what was going on. So after a few minutes or however long an angio takes, I don't know how long that takes, um, the neurologist brought me out of sedation and told me, he was like, Tina, you're not going to believe this. Your artery is healed and open and working. There's blood flowing through it. So I was in shock. I couldn't believe it. It was the best news ever. And then I asked him after when I was talking to him afterwards, I was like, what are the chances of this happening? Like, does this happen? Does this heal normally? And he told me he never saw this happen. And then he also told me, I asked him, like, what's the chance of me having this tear again. Like I felt like now this artery is weak and it's going to tear again. Just like when you tear a muscle, that's how I was thinking. And he was just like, I just don't know this, you know, first of all, having a vertebral dissection is like very, it's not very common, you know? So I think that he just didn't have enough data to give me an answer to this. So while the story might be a little extreme, it just shows you the power of belief and persistence and how you can change your life. That's what I took out of this. That's what I learned from this. And as you might imagine, ever since then, my thought process is I could do anything, create anything, but only if I really want it and only if it's really aligned. And I don't really care how freaking long it takes. Like, I'm just going to keep going because I know I'll get, I'll get it at some point. So how much do you believe in your dream? Are you completely aligned with it? And why is it important to you? And the why is really important. And maybe in my next blog post, I'll talk more about that. Um, there's actually a book about that. Um, what is it called? Mm-mm-mm. Start with the why, I think it's called. And I can't remember the author, but uh, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. It's a pretty good book. So pay attention to those voices, you know, the ones that are telling you you can't or limiting you. Prove them wrong. Find a way. Keep doing that on repeat until you reach your dream right? And the way I look at it is I don't care if it takes me, you know, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years, I'm just going to keep going. But it's more about the experience along the way, you know, but I know that I'll get there. I know that I'll get what I want as long as I have the intention to do it, as long as I have 
I'm aligned with that dream and as long as I take action to move towards it. So these are the three different mindset shifts to make if you want to bring all of those big dreams and goals into your life now. I want to thank you for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next part of the Get Unstuck series. And also be sure to pick up your free copy of my ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Get Unstuck in Life. The link will be in the show notes along with other ways to connect with me. I'll see you next week. Bye.